When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends. We're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Holocron Histories podcast, where we talk about Star Wars, Canons versus Legends. I am one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm your other host, Ben of Tamaria. And we are here back from our uh, May 4th episode to continue talking about Species of the Galaxies. And we are here for a part two of a species we've already covered. Yes, we are doing part two of the Wookiees, which is obviously everyone's favorite. Let's be honest. It's everyone's favorite. Who doesn't love a Wookiee? It's true. And we are going to go into their canonical history in this episode. Part one, you can go back to part one, listen to us, talk about the Legends history um, and all of that. Um, honestly, if you want a good Legends history of Wookiees, just go play Knights Old Republic 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. You get Wookiee Companions. Well, the first game you get a Wolf. Well... You get Wookiee Companions either a, way. You can get a but... Wookiee Companion too if you go Dark Side. Mm-hmm. But yes, go play those. That's great. And you get to go visit Kashyyyk. But as of for this episode, we are going to the Canada thing. So we are starting with the canonical history. And as far as we know, we we start with the Clone Wars. So we don't have anything earlier in the Clone Wars yet for the Wookiees. Now, we do have, as of right now, with the How Republic novels coming out, we do have Wookiees, Jedi, um, and other Wookiees in the galaxy before, the, obviously, well before the Clone Wars, because the High Republic takes place at least two to five hundred years before uh, Phantom Menace. But we don't know anything beyond those characters and what they're doing at that time, and that's it. So we do know that if you have read the um, Padme trilogy, so the Queen's uh, Queen's Shadows, Queen's Peril, and Queen's Hope, in Queen's Shadow, there is stuff that has to do with the Wookiees. And I think a little bit of their, like, how they get more into the Republic or whatever going okay. on there. Uh, but Padme goes on a... Uh, mission with actually Kanan's master. Um, Did not know that. I said I still need to read. I still need to listen or read the Padme books. There's so many books good. I haven't read. So many. Yeah. Brotherhood is sitting on my shelf, and I have yet to read that one. I'm like, I think like almost halfway through the audiobook of that one. Currently, I am listening to. Uh, I'm in the middle. Of phase two 
of the High Republic. So I'm almost done with the Phase 2 of High Republic for this year. Phase 3, I think, starts in November, I think. But I'm doing, there is one of the books, is an audio drama, uh, has a full cast and everything, only an audio book. You can buy a physical book of it, but it's just the script. So if you want to listen to it, go listen to it on Audible or wherever you get audiobooks. It's so much better. But so far, it's like spot on. And it's so phase two is set before phase one. I will let everybody mm. know that right now. It's very weird. But uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I am kind of in a thing about a little detox from books after Battle Scars. That's fair. That is Battle Scars. And if you don't know anything about Battle Scars, go back to our episode where we talk about it and our like review of it. And it's just go listen to the episode. You'll know what happens in the book. <laughs> you don't. You don't have to read it. <laughs> Nothing truly really happens. Um, it you it leads into Jedi Survivor, and we both beat Jedi Survivor at this point. And quite honestly, any everything that happens in the books has no correlation to the game. And like a lot of the game, like where the game throws you in, there's still not like the book doesn't explain how the characters got to where they to are. where to where they are. The only thing the book explains is why Grease has a metal arm. That is literally it. It's it's yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll move on from that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we start with the Clone Wars. So Wookies originated and on the mid rim forest planet of Kashyyyk. Uh, in the ancient past, they invented and crafted weapons that fired poison darts and arrows. And then during the Clone Wars uh, and the reign of King and. This is Shewook, so be, be prepared. Gotrawaka, uh, the Wookiees remained fiercely loyal to the Galactic Republic and fought alongside them for se- in several star systems. Towards the end of the conflict, Wookiees forces also defeated uh, defended their homeworld from a separatist invasion to, uh, with the help of the Galactic Republic forces led by Jedi Master Yoda, who had good relations with them. Which, we do see that battle in Revenge of the Sith. So... And we also know that Wookiees were hunted by Trandoshan hunters when we see them rescued by Ahsoka in the Clone Wars. Yes. Or Chewbacca's Clone War de- debut. Yes, that is true. Yeah, Trandoshans and um, Wookiees don't have the best of relations. Like, at all. Nope. So, um... Now we get to the Age of the Empire. So, at the end of the Clone Wars, numerous Wookiees were slaughtered by clone troopers that with allied with an ensuring chaos in the anti-Jedi Order 66. The soon after establishment of the Galactic Empire, their homeworld of Kashyyyk was blockaded by the Empire. The softening and repeal of the anti-slavery laws ultimately led the Empire classifying the Wookiees as non-sentient. The Empire enslaved the Wookiees, not because they were a meaningful threat to the Empire, but because of their massive, robust physiology allowed them to work long and hard in extreme conditions. 
Okay, this is also a good reason why everybody should hate the Empire. Because of that. Obviously, mm. Wookiees are sentient. It's kind of obvious. And then, as a result, many Wookiees were enslaved and made to build the Imperial War Machine, sent to work on the... Uh, worked to death in the dangerous spi- spi- bleh, spice mines of the planet Castle, or the construction sites where the Death Star, uh, as the Death Star, through a number of escaped uh, this fate. Numerous Wookiees were bred and used for medical experimentation, and some were used as playthings for Grandmoff Lorzen Tolruk, Imperial Governor of Kashyyyk, who occasionally hunted the Wookiees in- for sport. God, this right. is just getting cruel. I've got issue with the Disney canon because they actually make Kessel tamer than it is in Legends material. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Completely. Like, Kessel has these monstrous spiders that eat light and energy. Um, it's prone to earthquake earthquakes, and it does kind of let, like, sit in where it is but in legends it sits like right on the edge of what's called the maw which is just this huge collection of black holes that just tear apart everything so there's constantly like earthquakes and other things happening as kessel is just like ripped apart because it's so close to this like it is a terrible horrifying world yes and Disney just kind of like, oh, it's where the pikes are. I mean, it's still bad that they've shown things, but yeah. I mean, we all knew when Disney was going to take over, some things were going to like tone down a bit. Yeah. So it is expected, but yeah, Legends is always going to be a lot more cruel and darker than what we currently have. Though we're getting to a somewhat point to where they're diving into the darker stuff. So we'll see later in the future. But back on track, uh, to keep them in line, all the Wookiees on Kashyyyk were fitted with uh, inhibitor chips that would cause them great pain if activated. The Empire also quickly learned that most efficient way to preventing any wide-scale uprising was by threatening clan and family members, particularly the younglings. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's uh, Empire crap for you. You know, I'm surprised there haven't been more Wookiee Jedi because they feel I feel like they have the temperament for the job. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. It's crazy to know that we didn't have a Wookiee. Je- well, besides, uh, Gunji. Mm-hmm. He's the only one during the uh, Clone Wars slash Imperial Age. Yeah, because you get Lobaka in the Legends New Republic. Mm-hmm. And then... And we have... Um, Buriaga in the High Republic. Mm-hmm. But that that's, right. that's, that's it. So normally a Wookiee would be uh, quite willing to rip Stormtrooper limb from limb regardless of their own safety, but could not bear to see other Wookiees subjected to agony instead. Mm-hmm. They're very... They're very kind. They're a very kind species to other species. But if you threaten their life or threaten their younglings, they will rip you to shreds. Don't make yeah. one mad. 
despite their grave circumstances for the race, the Wookiees nonetheless found ways to help uh, help others. In the early days of the Empire, the outer rim planet of Lasan, home of the uh, Lasat, was brutally sacked and devastated by the Empire for daring to question the new regime. Unable to stand by and watch, many Wookiees went to Lasan and fought the Empire with weapons forged from the washer trees from their homeworld, in many cases giving their own lives to save the Asats. Because of this actions, a few Asats, including uh, Garazeb Aurelios, or Zeb from Rebels, uh, was able to escape the genocide and survive in the wider galaxy. Yeah, the Asats and the Wookiees have a very friendly um, relationship with each other because they're very similar in physiology and species they're very similar to one another except for you know lasats can speak basic that's essentially like the main thing (laughs) right which is hilarious because there is that episode of rebels the first one or wherever where they're trying to find the wookies and they try to pass off zeb as As a a hairless wookie as a hairless wookie and he tries (laughs) to make the sounds (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was like, ah, screw this. It just punches them. Yeah. Go watch Rebels if you haven't watched it. It's great. Uh, in 14 BBY, Wookiees were being held prisoner by the Empire and forced to work in the Imperial Refinery on, in Kashyyyk. Uh, were freed by the partisans led by Saw Gerrera and the Padawan Jedi uh, Cal Kestis, who joined them during the attack on the refinery. Kestis went to Kashyyyk to, in search of Tarful, a Wookiee uh, chieftain and believed that might have information that could be useful in the mission to rebuild the Jedi Order. Kestis left the world while the partisans searched for Tarful and returned when he informed that they had found him. Tarful told Kestis in search uh, the top of the origin tree where they figured out where to go. And then during the Age of the Empire, uh, the then Commodore Thrawn and Lieutenant Commander Eli Vanto discovered evidence that the Empire was transporting enslaved Wookiees after responding to a distressed transmission from the troop transport Sampir. The Wookiee slaves were liberated by a task force consisting of the forget, uh, Castellus and two squadrons of V-19 Torrent Starfighters, which then attacked the space station Lanson-26, where more Wookiee slaves were held. Theron commanded the operation to reinforce uh, Baglick Base and force the insurgents to surrender when Vanto objected to slavery. Theron tried to rationalize the Empire's enslavement of Wookiees. Which makes, I mean, Thrawn was literally just off to, you know, try to get himself promoted. So he was doing everything by the book, if not better. So, hence how he is a now main, you know, became main antagonist in the current canon of Star Wars. Yeah. And then about 14 years after the establishment of the Empire, the 212th Attack Battalion led by General uh, Kadai uh, quelled a Wookiee revolt on Kashyyyk. Civilian tra- uh, travel to the planet was restricted and access was granted only for official government business. Shortly after, the Empire transported several captives, including Wolofaro and his son uh, Kitwar, to the space mines of Castle. The Spectre's rebel cell based in the Outer Rim would, uh, world of the Thal rescued the prisoners and escaped Kessel. 
that's the first episode of Rebels. Oh, yeah, it is. I had to think about that, and I was like, is it? And then now we get to the joining of the Rebellion. So during the Galactic Civil War, several Wookiees, including Chewbacca and the Ugara, uh, fought in the Alliance to restore the Republic and a successor government, the New Republic. One year following the Battle of Endor, the Wookiee homeworld became an Imperial regiment known as the Imperial Territory G5-623, led by Grand Moff uh, Tolruk. Kashyyyk was later liberated by the New Republic forces, working with a group of rebels led by Han Solo and Chewbacca. The former Imperial loyalty officer, Sinjir Rathvelis, used a hyperspace transceiver to neutralize Torox inhibitor chips. Okay, that's kind of smart. The enabled uh, Wookiees... the enabled Wookiees were to rise up and to amass against the Imperial occupiers and take back the well, uh, well-earned revenge with Grand Moff Tolruk himself being killed by his personal slave, uh, Cracktooth. And that's not, like, that. that's his legitimate name. Cracktooth. Uh, yep. The Imperial forces attempted to orbital Obama and Kashyyyk but were defeated by a New Republic fleet led by Leia Organa and Admiral Akbar. And then Wookiee. Which, mm-hmm. well, I just want to note, like, so if you're playing through the Battlefront 2 story where you have to go find Han on the planet with Maz Katana. Oh, uh, Taka, Takadana? Yeah, we have to go find him there. That's what he's after. He's after the intel for the Wookiees. Oh, so, like, after Biden okay. like, helps him get off the planet. They, that's when they go to liberate the. I didn't Wookiees. replay that campaign. I haven't played that campaign in a while. I play it a lot, and I never get past the because I really like the campaign and I like the story, but it never decides like, do you want to be a stealth game or do you want to be a first-person shooter? Fair point. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I would love to be part, like, mainly stealth. That would have been great, because Iden's, you know, special forces. Makes sense, but whatever. Um, so, Wookiee and New Republic forces uh, then connected mopping up operations against the remaining Imperial holdouts on Kashyyyk. During one of these skirmishes, Chewbacca reunited with his son, Lumpa Waro, uh, who escaped from a slave labor camp uh, run by the Commandant Dressard. So... Fun fact, Chewie has a son in canon. Yes. It's really funny this Commandant's name reminds me a lot of Desaad, which is um, one of Darkseid's lieutenants from the DC, DC universe. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. And then now we get to the New Republic era, so we don't know a whole lot in the New Republic era since it's currently being written out more here, you know, later. During the New Republic era, uh, Kashyyyk forces, uh, forests, including the Black Forest, grew back. Many Wookiees, including Chewbacca and Chief uh, Karawashik, uh, lived in villages. About two years after the Battle of Jakku, the rogue Parun Surgeon 
Pfizer Gore began kidnapping and killing Wookiees younglings to use as spare parts for his droid followers. Uh, the original dozen. That's terrifying. And then, due to his shadow, shadowy appearance, he earned the nickname The Long Man. Chewbacca agreed to help Han Solo and Lando Calrissian retrieve the Plinax Redux transmitter and return to recovering the limbs of murdered Wookiees for funeral rites. That got dark. <laughs> and of course, we get Black Chrysanthemum's involvement in the Book of Boba Fett. With the Hutt yes, cartel and all. That is true. We do get Krishanton's involvement. Um, which, fun fact, I did, when I w- watched Book of Boba and we first see him, I'm thinking, okay, sweet, they recanonized him right then and there. No. Krishanton was canonized in the comics before they even put him in Book of Boba Fett, and I didn't even know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, hey... With Dave Filoni and John Favreau running things at Lucasfilm, they're adding, bringing back so much more back from the legends and the canon of things. So, it's great to see Christianton again. We have a bounty hunter Wookiee who's in now service of Boba Fett. So. Yes, he is. See how that goes. But I think this is a good time to take a mid-break. All right, well, let's do it. Well, welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about all the things that have to do with the podcast, but not Star Wars lore. And it's here where I remind you that we do have a Patreon. If you would like to sign up and support us, you can do that at patreon.com slash holocron histories. You can come and support us there. If you support us at our $20 tier or higher, you can come on the show once a month and talk about anything Star Wars you want with us. Uh, we, we let the patrons pick the topic. We just guide the conversation when you do that. It's a great way to hang out with us. Another great way to support us is to leave us ratings and reviews on Apple or Spotify. If you leave us five stars and some kind words, we will read it out on a future episode of the show. Ben, do we have any reviews to read today? Um, I don't believe so. All right. Well, if that's the case, then you can come hang out with us on Discord. You can check us out on the Cups Podcast Even More Discord server or the Robots Radio Discord server, where we are both. I am always Teacup, and he has always been. You can always find us that way. Yeah. Um, but you can hang out, talk about Star Wars, ask us all kinds of questions. If you want to come in and talk about, hey, look at this. You want to share, hey, look at this cool lightsaber I built in Jedi Survivor. You can come do that on the Discord servers. Heck yeah. Please do that. We are enjoying Jedi Survivor, and you can feel free to to jump into the Discord and post what you have customized for Cal, because you can do so much in this game compared to the previous game. So much more. More for the fact it's not just ponchos. Yes. And you can also do that. Come hang out with us in the Discord. You can also come and hang out with us live um on twitch we go live every tuesday at 9 p no 8 p.m eastern and 5 p.m pacific and then you can fill in all the times in between that but we do go live you can come hang out with us and chat with us live and it will be great 
So other than that, that's all I got for the middle of the show. Yeah. Um, just with that, uh, we do go live on Twitch at my Twitch channel, Ben of Tamaria, which hopefully, I keep saying this, I probably will start streaming here hopefully within the next week. I am trying with my new job is completely hectic, but I am going to try. I might try either streaming Jedi Survivor or I might stream Lego Star Wars because I still need to play that. The new one. I do too. It's on Game Pass, right? It might be. I have it on Xbox. I have it on PlayStation. But Maybe Ben and I will play it together. Hey, there you go. And then um, also, uh, if you you can also now leave uh, comments on Spotify on each on specific episodes, not just on the podcast as a whole. It's episode based, but leave comments. I know last week we had someone uh, comment talking about asking to can we do a Ahsoka or a Rex episode at some point. Obviously, we are going to do that. Uh, obviously, we're doing an Ahsoka episode because we have to because she has a show coming out here in what five months? Wait, it's May, right? Three months, August. So yeah, three months. So yeah, but yeah, that's all I got. So yeah, let's get back into it. Let's go. All right, now that we're back, we are now going into the society and culture of the Wookiees. So, first off, we have language. And, yeah, their language is um, not meant really for humans. (laughs) Our uh, tonsils can't do what they do. (laughs) Though, in Solo, we do see Han, like, attempt Yes, we have seen him try to attempt, <laughs> and it's hysterical. Um, so the Wookiees spoke an array of dialects, collectively known as the Wookiee language, all which consists of the combination of barks, roars, moans, and growls. The most common was Shiwook, uh, often nicknamed Wookiee, Wookiee speak and basic, the literal meaning of which the tongue of the free people. As a trade language, Shiwook was the most well-known Wookiee dialect outside of Kashyyyk, and most strangers assume that there, only, that there was their only one Wookiee tongue. So most people, you know, you see a Wookiee talk to a Wookiee, you think that the only language they speak is Shiwook. Well, it turns out there's, yes, there's Shiwook, but there's also a bunch of other dialects they have that's just not common outside of their planet. I see. Makes sense. It does. And then other known dialects were uh, Zakzik, spoken in the Wartaki Islands, and Thaikaran, which was a richer and technical vocabulary. The construction of the vowels uh, apparatus, however, prevented the Wookiees from speaking base galactic basic standard or other languages involved in a high degree of uh, vocal nuance. Uh, Nonetheless, they were real quick learners and could easily grasp the various foreign tongues that they encountered. So, they can understand most languages. They just can't verbally speak it because how their 
physiology is. Hence why you never hear Chewbacca saying hi. Or may the force be with you. You just hear him roar. Or growl. But yes. It makes them cool that way, okay? It does. It does make them cool. I mean, when a Wookiee... Wookiee noises are iconic for Star Wars. Yes. And then now we get to status. So, Wookiee marriage marriage was based on sexual... um, Monogamy. Thank you. Uh, Once married, the couple mated for life and would usually raise two to three pups... Although there were no firm role in the matter, the famous Chewbacca himself began, uh, begat an only child, Lupo Waro, and it was uncontroversial uncon- un- for a Wookiee father to leave the planet for long periods of time and entrusted the education of their offspring to their mate and other older kinsmen. Which is true, because, yes, Chewbacca's a father... But Chewbacca's never on Kashyyyk. <laughs> like, ever. It's true. And then the Wookiee society was a paradoxical one where complex linear, uh, lineage structure, nuclear families were regrouped in clanic structures in the system of interclan alliances and amenities existed. And the Wookiees greatly valued honor and loyalty, therefore their notion of family, quote-unquote, encompass much more than just blood ties. A part of the most sacred tradition was the social institution of the life debt, where a Wookiee's life was saved by someone else, regardless of their species. They would frequently devote themselves to a lifetime of service in that savior and their family. Uh, through the mechanism of the life debt, the people of the trees used to develop unbreakable bonds with the boon companions and true friends forming a quote-unquote honor family. Which happens quite a bit with Wookiees. Um, which, I can't, if Chewbacca's in a life debt with Han, is he not? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. I couldn't remember right off the, I knew he is in Legends, I couldn't remember if he was in canon. I only watched Solo once, so... Is only so much I remember. Um, but if you go back, and this is Legends material, but if you go and play KOTOR 1, Zalbar, your Wookiee companion, uh, is actually in life debted to you, the player character, quote-unquote Revan. So that's why Zalboy, Zalbar joins you is because you saved him from captivity, and so he honored you with the life debt. So, as regards to politics, the numerous cities scattered across the surface of Kashyyyk uh, were each led by a chieftain who oversaw the several and military matters of his community. These chieftains, also referred to as elders, occupied a high position at the local scale and were entitled to cancel the celebration of sacred holidays. At planetary level, uh, the entire world was ruled over by a king coming from a patriarch... Patrian family whose court was held uh, at the royal city. One of the Wookiee monarch's roles was determined Kashyyyk's stance in time in the interplanetary war where the Galactic Republic still existed. The Kashyyyk 
and Kashyyyk was part of it. The Wookiees were represented before the Galactic Senate on the planet of Coruscant. The Wookiee senator was aided uh, in his duties by a staff of elders who took meetings with him in the Senate Tower. So yes, they are part of the Senate. Yes, they are. And then now we... we see that in the menace, like we see Wookiees in the Senate. Yes, during yes. It's only that one scene, I believe, right? Yeah, with the with the ETs. Yes, yeah. And now we get to their diet. So the people tree were omnivores. Uh, while they were perfectly capable of gathering wild plants, like the Warshika berries, uh, or even cultivating domestic varieties, such as the onion-like chaituk, uh, their lives with the canopy of Kashyyyk prompted them to consume essentially meat. Wookiee's cuisine re- relied heavily on spices. Because of this, many dishes were not suitable for humans as they could damage their gullet and stomach. Yeah, so basically, essentially in perspective, they take ghost pepper and use the entire pepper in their dishes, which if you eat an entire ghost pepper, you could die or will die. One of the two. So, yeah, don't eat anything of what a Wookiee makes. I may or may not know people who have eaten ghost peppers. No, thank you. <laughs> um, and like many other spices or species, uh, Wookiees consumed uh Potent alcohol-based beverages, including the Arcagram and Corvent Brandy, the Garmori, the Garcon, and the Thekanin Brandy. Uh, the spirits were too strong for humans, who would become severely, severely, would become very intoxicated after consuming them. So basically, one sip would make you drunk. Essentially. Because Wookiees are, you know, typically seven feet as adults. And mainly muscle. Sounds like my kind of drink. (laughs) Uh, It does sound good. So now we get to their technology and trade. So from early age... Wookiees were trained to use their dexterous hands for carving. They would learn to fashion everyday objects such as tools, musical instruments, and household items. Some would even carve wooden toys, either as gifts for their younglings or just for leisure. An old saying stated, Give a Wookiee a knife and send him into a forest in the morning, and by evening he would be carved you a table to eat dinner on and a house to put it in. Whereas some outsiders qualified their work as art, the Wookiees viewed their innate talents as mere survival skills, and they had no word for artist in their various languages. And then while they appear to have a low technology level to outsiders, the Wookiees were in fact quite capable of modern technology. In fact, their ability to fuse modern conveniences and natural resources were second to none. They could easily mend and maintain modern uh, starcrafts and were even known to affect temporary repairs on of hyperdrives as pieces of hardwood. The wood of the worship tree was so uh, was so flexible and strong that it could even used to build starships hulls, although the conjunction of the deflector shield skins. 
Which, I mean, obviously we know Wookiees are good with Starcrafts because Chewbacca is the co-pilot of the Millennium Falcon, which is mm-hmm. in constant repair. So, oh, always, in, always repair. in repair. And we know the Warsher trees are good materials because Gungi uh, from the Clone Wars, if you watch Clone Wars, which I think that's what, two or three episodes of the Younglings with Ahsoka, Gungi mm-hmm. uses Warsher tree as his hilt for his lightsaber. So we know it's good good material and strong. We do. And then throughout history, the outstanding uh, technological ingenuity of the Wookiees aroused Kofitens? Uh, Kofitens? Oh. Yeah, something like that. Uh, additionally, uh, while distant from Coruscant, Kashyyyk was uh, close to a hyperspace routes known only to the Shavlik Guild, a group of Wookiee cargraphers and navigators who, whose knowledge was the source of envy. So, you know, apparently you have really good Wookiees who are good with hyperspace lanes. And then now we move to combat and war. So, unlike other species like the neighboring Tredoshans or the Yinkorns, uh, the Wookiees were not warlike. Uh, when peaceful, they had the reputation of being gentle and benevolent. However, their tempers were fiery and an infuriated Wookiee corrupt into a fit of berserker rage and could only cease when the source of their anger was damaged to their satisfaction. Though they were feared as opponents, Wookiees did not use uh, any well-defined style when fighting unarmed. No, they literally picked you up and ripped you to shreds. That's 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 what they did. Don't make one yeah. mad. And as I just stated, <clears throat> the only way to comment is to basically die if you if you angered one yourself. If it was a different if it was a machine, the machine would be busted. But I digress. You just don't want to make one mad. So if you go to Galaxy's Edge, don't make Chewie mad. That that's all that that's all you need to know. Right. And like really when we think about the Wookiees we've seen, they've all been relatively gentle, except for Chrysanthemum and um, Hanhar. Yep. But, like, Zalbar doesn't, like, even Mission tries to, like, use Zalbar to intimidate people, and Zalbar is just like, stop it. This is stupid. Don't do that. <laughs> right. I'm it's eating. Like, it's like, I'm a Wookiee, yeah, but I don't care. <laughs> this is very true. So, to outsiders, it seemed very simply cha- uh, uh, charge forward, swinging their arms and crushing their targets with their massive fists. The reputation did not stop when the Wookiee Renrik, uh, Rakri was starting a wrestling academy in the world of Sularan during the Clone Wars. Even more terribly, Wookiees also had the justified reputation of ripping the arms of their emeries out of their sockets, uh, which was known to occur instance of losing the- in a game. Yeah, so this is also kind of a reference to, I think it's A New Hope, where is it C-3PO was and Chewie were playing Dajik and the Falcon and <laughs> Han told him, say, let him win or you'll lose an arm or something like right. that. Yeah, that that's basically what that means. Even if they play games, just lose. Just, just lose. 
So the state of racial rage uh, served as a basis for the deal slang expression Wookiee-nate, which referred to the rendering harmless of an enemy using excessive force, obviously referring to the great physical strength that provided the essence of Wookiee combat. In addition, an exhausted Wookiee could be considered even more dangerous in a fight than a fully rested one. Solo at one point, uh, when writing notes in the Imperial Handbook, A Commander's Guide, implied the Wookiees had enough physical strength to rip a stormtrooper's head off even when the helmet was latched on. Yeah. That's fun. Oh, yeah. And then, however, despite their great physical strength and ferocious tempers, the Wookiees were not willing to fight for trivial pretexts, and when arguing in public, two Wookiees would engage in a duel of stomping and posturing. Whenever the two fighters made the strongest impression, was considered to win the argument. Still, the influence of the crowd taking sides would sometimes infuriate the contenders, turning the otherwise harmless stomping competition into a real fight. Yeah. Because people like to see violence. That's why. And then, even when engaging in real combat, the Wookiees held true to their uh, code of honor, under which draw uh, claws that never be used for fighting. The Wookiee who used his or her claws in combat would be labeled a mad claw and exiled. Uh, some were even charged by tradition of killing those members of the kind that enraged in the practice of using their claws in combat as the act of dishonor their race. In contrary yes. to their rudimentary methods of hand-to-hand combat, the Wookiees used their craft to produce unique quality weapons. They typically ensued standard blasters and grenades in favor of bladed weapons such as Reich blades. The trademark, however, was the powerful bowcasters, a crossbow-like single-fire weapon which eventually, which physically weaker species could not use effectively. Unless you're Han Solo. Unless you're Han Solo. Yeah, because Han uses one in A Force Awakens. Like, oh, I like this. I need to get one. <laughs> After he killed, he took down, what, three storm, three or four stormtroopers with his DL-44, and one was behind him back, behind his back, and he wasn't even looking. Yeah. And I was like, you need a bowcaster? <laughs> Always need a new gadget. That's true. So now we have Wookiees in the Galaxy. So, noble Wookiees include Chewbacca, the navigator and longtime companion of Han Solo. Other noteworthy Wookiees included the chief and general Tarful, who fought alongside Master Yoda during the Battle of Kashyyyk, the warrior Wolf of Faro, and his son Kitwar. Force-sensitive Wookiees include the Jedi Master uh, Artoff, the Jedi Padawan Baraga uh, Ataburi, uh, both who lived during the High Republic era, as well as the Jedi youngling Gungi, who lived during the Clone Wars. During the Age of the Empire, Krishantan uh, was a Wookiee who worked as a bounty hunter for both Jabba and Jabba the Hutt and Darth Vader, and then Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drakata was a Wookiee who served in the Coruscant, uh, Coruscant Rebel Cell. The Wookiee Greybok uh, played an important role of turning the tide in the Battle of. Sarkovis, uh by freeing several by freeing several rancors, which rampaged the Imperial lines. Okay, that makes more sense. It's like, why would you free a rancor? Like that's terrifying. 
he later took part in Hanzo and Chewbacca's campaign to liberate Kashyyyk while serving as a senator for the New Republic's Galactic Senate. Leia Organa once saw two Wookiees uh, commuters in front of her as an automated sidewalk at the New Republic Centurial Complex on Hossian Prime. And then now we have behind the scenes, last but not least. So the wood world, yeah, the word Wookiee originated in George Lucas's first movie, uh, THX 1138, in a line ad-libbed by an actor, Terry McGovern. I think I just ran over a Wookiee. A Wookiee later appeared through, uh, through Chewbacca in the first Star Wars film. So Wookiee originated before even Star Wars was a thing, but it was still created by George right. Lucas, regardless. Classic George Lucas. In the early versions of uh, Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi, the second Death Star was uh, to be built in orbit around Kashyyyk. Uh, the construction would be done by Wookiee laborers. George Lucas then decided to switch the Death Star's location to the forest moon of Endor, and the Wookiees were replaced by Ewoks. I mean, yeah, I mean, it would have been hard to get like a bunch of like seven foot tall people. Right, because there's there weren't that many. There's still, I mean, considerably there's a lot more taller people now, but still, yeah. And to make those sounds, I mean, honestly, they'll probably just have the original actor constantly do voiceover if they they kept with the Wookiee stuff. Right. And the Wookiees also appeared in the non-canon Lego Star Wars: The Freemaker Adventures. Uh, episode Peril on Kashyyyk, which premiered on Disney XD on June 27th, 2016. In the episode, the scavenging Freemakers family helps Chief Atabura uh, rescue his son Tantara from a Trandoshan Island fortress. And there it again, Trandoshans. Yep. I mean, Trandoshans are great hunters, but gosh, they are they can be mean. Play Star Wars Old Republic, you will find out real quick. Yes. But that is what we have for Wookiees. Love the Wookiees. More Wookiees. Always more Wookiees. I'm going to go make a lightsaber like Gungies now on Jedi Survivor. Yet you can eat... uh, You should be able to do that with the the Hunter style, right? Yeah. The Hunter Um, style should be able to get you doing. With the Hunter style. I also thought about just doing the Hunter style and using the Rorschach tree paint. Ooh, that's true. I forgot you can get also get paint. Yeah, I still haven't really messed with the whole lot of the the material uh style paint or well, anything. Okay, like so that. I made this was this was a lot of fun. I made a lightsaber like Luke's Return and the Jedi lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And I used that and then I made BB-8 green. So it was and then I BD-1? did one. If you what? You BD-1. You said BB-8. Or BD-1. Yeah. <laughs> That's a <Yeah>. BB-8. <laughs> yeah, but then I made BD-1 green, and mm-hmm. I gave him his return. Because if you use the Rebel Hero pants and just the shirt, and you make them all black, it looks like his Return of the Jedi outfit. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And you could, you... you could even do, you could get the poncho and do the camo one, and it looks like his indoor, like, indoor outfit. Oh, okay. Uh, but I did that, but I made BD1 green because it's like Yoda riding on his back. Right. 
you can do so many awesome outfits in this game. They even have there's an outfit style called Commander. It's mm-hmm. literally Rom Codas from Star uh, Force Unleashed. Yes, and you can even get his bun and everything. Oh, they have his blaster? Or his bun. Oh, his bun. Like, oh, his hair bun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But no, I don't yeah, think Ron Cotto has a blaster. No, he doesn't. He's, he's you know, Jedi through and through. But, yeah, go um, play the I game. Do... Yeah. But... I do really love the blaster you get from completing the bounties. Yes. Oh, I haven't looked at it yet, actually. I completed it's... all the bounties. I did the, the final one. I still need to look at it because uh, it doesn't pop up on your screen when you get it. Right. You, you uh, the... just hear, cow. oh, this is nice, and that's it. It looks like, it kind of looks like Django's blaster a little bit. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I have a comp, like the blaster I currently have kind of looks like Mando's. It's like right. this parts of the showdown and then parts of the 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 handle and the trigger of the blaster you get from Bode. Oh yeah. So but yeah. I made a Beskar steal. Right. Well I think that's all we got. Yes. That's all we have for this week. We will see everyone next week. And may the force be with you. Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, Star Wars Canon versus Legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at SWHoloHistories and contact us at holocronhistories at gmail.com. How well do you know your video game lovers? Have you ever wondered how your video game bays stack up against all the other delectable digital dates? I'm Genesis, the girl whose motto in life is love, laugh, tequila. And on Two Girls, One Ship, we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. And I'm Vervada, the hopeless romantic cat lady and lifelong gamer. But you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of physical connection. Or from the deep emotional connections built between two characters, using specific in-game dialogue and the overall narrative journey. So join the two girls, one ship, shipsters, and remember... Beauty is in the eye of the controller.